Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Ellie Trier. Ellie lives in the wonderful city of Copenhagen, Denmark, and is a community builder for quiet revolutionaries. She helps introverts with big dreams get connected and build thriving, engaged communities around their businesses so they can make a massive impact, find their dream clients, and make their corner of the world a better place. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, Ellie. I'm delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's lovely. Well, I, I'm so interested to talk with you about this because this whole topic of community is one that is coming up so often right now during, this, during these times. And you call yourself a community builder for quiet revolutionaries. So tell us what you mean by that. What's a quiet revolutionary? Well, a quiet revolutionary, the, the, the people I work with, um, most of them relate to this kind of instantly. And it's basically somebody who has these big, amazing, life-changing, world-changing ideas, but is, uh, is doing it on a much smaller scale. A lot of the people I work with are introverts or um, they want their ideas to be bigger than their personality. Like they're not looking to be uh, celebrities or, or, you know, big kind of personality driven brands. They're Mm -hmm. looking for their ideas and their work to be the star of the show. Um, And what I do with, with the community projects that I run is they are like little quiet revolutions. Like every single project is a, is a revolution that moves the needle a little bit. Um, and every time we do something like that, you know, all those little drips, all those little trickles turn into a flood. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I mean, that term certainly, uh, resonated with me when I first saw it. It's, it's interesting how certain words or phrases just pop for people. And, and Mm. that was certainly one for me. So, well, when I talk about impact, I say that no one has impact alone and you help people build engaged communities around their businesses and what do you think goes into community from what you've seen oh that's a huge question (laughs) i know (laughs) you can take it wherever you want (laughs) what goes into community i think um one of the biggest pieces in the work that i do is separating the idea of of community from the idea of audience Mm. um and a lot of people come to me to work with me because they find that they have built an audience and they're kind of stuck out on the top and they don't really have that that deep connection with their people anymore Mm. and and to me what community is it's more of a sort of uh you become more of a facilitator so it's you're looking at a kind of many to many um approach where it's not just you talking to a whole bunch of people, it's actually right. you facilitating conversations within that, within that group of people um, mm. and being, being um, 
uh, a trailblazer, a, a, a leader, but in a much more kind of shoulder to shoulder way rather than being, you know, I'm out the front. I've got all the answers. You should all follow me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, I know that this leads beautifully into what I wanted to talk to you about more, and that is that you uh, you help people create um, strategic online community projects. Tell us about that. Tell us um, what that means, and how is it different from those telesummits that we keep seeing? And 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 full disclosure, I have appeared in. Mm -hmm. So tell us how how that how that works. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, community Sounds like projects. a juicy topic. <laughs> oh, it really is. It really is. Community projects are, in a nutshell, just magic. There's something really magical with, that, that happens when you bring people together to share their thoughts and ideas um, and make that conversation kind of the thing that you're focusing on. So I, I I tend to go with with the the more kind of boring prosaic kind of what is a community project description first, which is essentially it's um, a group of people, complementary business owners, coming together and talking about a an important topic over the course of about a month. Um, they're usually delivered via email and have a corresponding discussion group to. Uh, make connections to talk about the the topic to kind of deepen those that conversation even further. Um, but what they're really like is, it's like the best party you've ever been to with <laughs> your your wisest, most insightful, most interesting friends all sharing their their moments of vulnerability, their their mm. nuggets of wisdom, their insights into a particular topic. Um, and it makes for this really kind of oh, sparkling, magical thing that becomes bigger than the sum of its parts. Like community projects really kind of stick your, your flag in the ground, you know, they, they, make, a, they make a big noise. Um, but it's all spread across however many people you have involved. So it's usually 30 people um contributing and then the wider audience the attendees the people who are coming in and 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 joining in with with their thing as well um and the difference between my model and and the telesummit model is that the they're a lot more kind of egalitarian i like to refer to them as kind of socialist marketing in a capitalist world <laughs> <laughs> because what you're doing is rather than being you know I want a bunch of people, experts, to come and, and share, you know, their knowledge about such and such. Um, and it's all going to happen really, really quickly. It's all going to be kind of bam, bam, bam. Um, and I'm going to get as many people as I possibly can on my mailing list. I'm going to, you know, farm all of these other people that I'm inviting to contribute. I'm going to farm their email lists. I'm going to end up with a nice big one. Um, mm. And that is the driving motivator for every decision that you make. So. Um, I'm sure that that you've you've been aware of, and your audience will be aware of these kind of emails that go around saying, "We think you're amazing. We'd love you to be a part of this, but only if you have five thousand people on your mailing list." <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, so if I have like four thousand five hundred people on my mailing list, suddenly my ideas aren't valid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my contribution isn't valued. Yeah. Um, so we look at it in a in a in a much more uh, egalitarian way we're looking at whose voice most needs to be heard on this particular topic 
Um, we look very much at not making any kind of promotional demands on the contributors, instead making it, um, giving them a sense of ownership over the project. So they feel like they are a part of something bigger than themselves, that they are proud mm. to talk about and proud to promote. Um, we look at, you know, taking responsibility for what you're doing. So if you're, you know, if you're hosting a project, then it's your responsibility to promote that project. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And it's giving everybody, uh, the, the making sure that every single person who's involved, whether they're you or your participants or even the attendees, making sure every single person benefits from being a part of this. Mm, um, so the focus that. really is on community rather than the kind of the mm, usually quite sleazy marketing tactics that come in with a, a tele summit. Not to mm -hmm. say that there aren't people doing it very well, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that distributed responsibility thing. And I mean, the, the kind of classical telesummit model does that in a way, but as you said, there's this kind of hierarchical thing where the host is, is uh, playing a much larger role than what I hear you describing. Mm. Yeah. Well, how do you, how does that build? Uh, this is really the ultimate question when it comes to building your, your following your, your list, whatever word you use to describe it. How do you, how does that build engaged audiences as opposed to just numbers? Cause there's, you know, there's been such a push around, you know, traffic and um, it's, and just having big numbers in your following and really focusing on that rather than having really deep and meaningful conversations with people, even if it means it's a hundred people or mm -hmm. 500 people. Um, what, how does this approach really build engaged audiences as opposed to just those numbers? It comes down to um, shared values, really. Hmm. And what the opportunity that you have with a community project is to build something that really uh, highlights and speaks to the values that you have as a business owner um, and kind of creating the world that you want to see with your business. So what you end up with um, using the, the methodology that I teach is you start with those values. You start with looking at, okay, where do my values, the values of my business, the values of the audience that I want to attract, where do they all intersect and how do, can we create a project that really speaks to that? So when, you're, when the project kind of goes out to the wider world and you're promoting to it, it's going to attract people who have those shared values, people who really are on board with that piece. Um, and then when we go into kind of actually running the project and engaging the community as we go along, we're looking at this, every single person's opinion is valid here. You know, we, we're building in vulnerability, we're building in shared experience, we're building in talking about things that might not be so shiny, you know. The contributors are not lauded as experts, they're human beings who have something to share which may or may not be, you know, useful to you, but right. bring in the voice. What's your experience? You know, what do you feel about this? And what that does, because everybody feels like they are a valued member of this community, of this contribution, the engagement is much, much higher. 
They're not mm. passively sitting back and just absorbing what you know the grown-ups are telling you to do. They're right. actually yeah. they're actually co-creating the experience along with everybody else. Mm. Um, mm, I love that. Yeah. So, like I said, the the community aspect of these projects is first and foremost. And when you're looking at having a conversation where everybody's voice is, is valid, just that kind of structure, the way it's all set up, results in having an engaged community. And people who are much more likely to put the kind of the business and marketing head on for a moment, people who are much more likely to then convert at the other end of it, if you're um, running one-to-one services or you want to kind of uh, bring people into a, a group program or a membership thing, um, you've got people there who are hungry for not only what you're offering, but also the way that you're offering. Right. Yeah. And such effective marketing. So, mm. yeah, I love that you're talking about shared values in this uh, community project uh, approach, because I believe that impact is based on the things that you value, uh, whether you're act- enacting those consciously or unconsciously, hopefully consciously. Yeah. But what, what, what impact do you believe your work has and what do you value in all of this? Oh, I value uh, businesses that behave like they are made up of the human beings that they actually are. Um, mm-hmm. my, my values are all around us treating each other with respect, earning trust, uh, leading from within. Like, not one of us has all the answers to everything. There are always, you know, multiple perspectives. There are multiple ways to do things. And by acknowledging that and accepting that the idea that everybody has something, you know, valid to contribute, um, and some people are a little bit further along the path and they can point out other ways, but that keeping that kind of the beginner's mind around everything that we're doing in business, I think is really, really valuable. Mm. Um, and it also means that we really earn trust with, with our communities, you know, and I think in terms of marketing, that's such a huge piece. Um, and I don't think that's something that can be kind of, uh, there aren't kind of tricks that you can do. You can't fake building trust. You have to actually be in it as a human being, connecting with other human beings for that to really come through. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, riffing off of that, and you said leading from within, Mm. tell us what, what do you think of when you think of an impactful leader or impactful leadership? What kinds of things do you think go into that? And you're a leader, your clients are leaders. Mm. I think it really is about having the courage to to be vulnerable, um, to be genuinely authentic, not this kind of manufactured hashtag authentic that, that we've seen so much of over the last, you know, on the internet over the last few years, but to be genuinely like showing up and being, you know, willing to willing to be wrong. I think you know, there's a lot that goes. It's a radical idea. Yeah, but to be willing to be wrong, to be willing to have your your convictions swayed, um, and understanding that that doesn't make you less of a leader if somebody else has a different idea than you or a better idea than you. Like, um, I think it means 
boosting up the other people in your community. I think it means being generous and I think it means being willing to kind of stand up in front of everybody and say, I don't, I don't know all the answers, but I've got a fairly good idea. Like, let's have a conversation about it. Like, be the facilitator, not the guru. Mm. Oh, yeah. Love that distinction. That's great. How, how have you built your leadership skills? I mean, do you do that consciously? Is that something that's just kind of evolved over time? Is that something you, or you do give real attention to that? I think for me, it's something that's just kind of evolved over time. I kind—I feel like I'm a sort of accidental leader. It wasn't <laughs> something that I, I kind of intentionally went out of my way to do, but it's certainly a position that I find myself in now. Um, I mean, I've been doing this, this uh, running my own businesses on the internet for over a decade now. Mm. Um, and you do kind of, you do kind of fall into it sometimes. Um, and I think it really is, I feel like, you know, I've got here based on those inherent values that I was just talking about, about, you know, leading with generosity of not being afraid to, to lead, whatever that looks like. Um, so I just try and kind of lean into that kind of instinctiveness um, because that's, that's what works for me. Mm. You just, uh, something you just said really caught my ear and that is generosity and being willing to lead. Mm. Do you think, do you think the two go together? Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's coming from, you know, the whole idea of, of leadership has a tendency to be wrapped up in, in ego um, and wanting to be a leader because you want to, to be the star, you want to be the one that everybody's looking to. Um, and I feel like true leaders, the leaders that I respect most, the leaders that I want to follow, um, are the ones that are in the middle of things. They're, they're kind of almost leading, leading from within or leading from behind. Like they're the ones who are lifting everybody else up rather than putting the, themselves front and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been my experience too. Yeah. Well, um, it's really timely right now that you're talking about online community and Mm. and creating community that's, I mean, at the moment, pretty much entirely online. And what are the challenges that you've seen in that? You've been doing this a long time. Mm. How how does how do challenges pop up in trying to create community when you're not able to be in the same physical space and connecting and feeling the energy of the person and yeah it's a tricky one it's a tricky one i think a lot of people kind of forget how to be a person how to be a human being when it comes to the internet they yeah. they kind of slip into this almost robotic kind of way of being um <laughs> And a lot of my work is kind of helping people to bring the humanity back into their interactions. Mm. Um, And when you're doing things on the internet, you have to kind of dial everything up to 11 a bit, you know, if you're creating a community that, that, you know, you want to show people if people is a, is a safe space, you know, a belonging space, you want people to feel able to, to share their vulnerability, then you have to show up as that with the dial turned way up like you have to really model that in a really really obvious way 
Mm. Um, you have to be crystal clear about how you expect people to behave in your communities. Um, it's not enough to kind of set up a Facebook group and schedule posts for, you know, weeks into the future and then just go away and do something else. You know, if you want people to engage with your communities, you have to be there engaging first and biggest, even if there are only four people there. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. And I, I was talking with someone the other day about how, how is it different to, we had a really good conversation about how is it different being creating online community versus community in person? Because I think a lot of people are challenged by that where they feel like, you know, I, I enjoy people. I like talking to people, but it just feels so much easier to do that in person. When I get online, I, I start to feel stilted or mm. in some way different. And uh, I mean, you've touched on that a little bit, but um yeah, would you speak to that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it definitely requires a lot more effort to 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 show up online in the way that you show up in real life. Um, but I think there are also a lot of advantages, particularly for people like me who are introverted and highly sensitive, and um, I also I also have uh, autism as well. So for me, actually showing up in in on the internet is is much easier because there's a whole layer of um, information and kind of stimulus that I don't have to worry about. Right. So right. I'm much more able to just kind of bring myself to it. But I think uh -huh. for a lot of people who who are particularly kind of neurotypical people, um, it's the opposite way around. Like they need that extra stimulus to give them the kind of the cues and the pointers for when to do what, you know. Um, so it really is about really talking to people even more. You know, you have to make more of an effort to connect with another human being. You have to make more of an effort to um, get them into one-to-one -one com one -one conversation. Um, if you want, it, it's about doing everything kind of bigger because you have to make up for the, for the shortfall. But the principles are still the same, you know how to make somebody feel welcomed. If they're walking into a room, you can, you know, wave at them, shout hello from across the room, come over and give them a big hug, you know? You right. can do exactly the same thing on the internet. It's just digital. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anybody describe the online community building experience as doing things bigger, mm. um, which makes, that makes so much sense. Mm. Yeah, you, can, you, you can't convey that kind of, the I don't know your eyes meeting across the room you know when you share that private moment with somebody mm -hmm. that you can if you're if you're in a group of people and you see someone you know you can just like you know raise an eyebrow or give them a nod or something you can't yeah. do that online in the same way but you know you can send them a message you can um start a conversation with them it's all about being Bringing, bringing your whole self to the internet as if you were in a room and thinking, okay, this is what I would do in real life. How can I translate that onto the internet and make it, you know, make it obvious? Mm. Well, it makes me think of being on stage where um, you're not trying to be different than you are, but there has to be an, an aspect of bigger, bigger yes. gestures, bigger presence, um, because you're, you're at a physical distance so uh, even though you're in the same room it's it's quite different exactly yeah exactly the same thing yeah 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm intrigued to hear um, how you think, how you see things shifting in this pandemic situation, and and it's likely to continue for some time. And I think it will radically change some things. And I'm encouraged that so many people have just kind of picked up the, all right, we got to do this online, and and let's do it. But how do you think that um, business and online business in particular will shift and change. Cause I, I, my experience so far has been, it's really highlighted the importance of community and the importance of the quality of that community. So I'm interested to hear how you think that'll translate into, into business as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I am. I'm optimistic for the future of online business. I think, you know, Given the situation that we're in at the moment, those of us with online businesses are, we have an advantage in this situation. Absolutely. But what it does mean is that that building a a community around your business rather than just an audience is going to be more important than ever. Mm. Um, And bringing that that humanity, translating those in real life um, connections onto the internet is going to be something that a lot of businesses are going to have to work a lot harder at. Um, And, you know, I feel like our obsession as a culture with the kind of the online celebrities, the influencers, the big, big follow accounts, I feel like now is the opportunity for that to fall away. In the conversations I've been having with, with my colleagues, we're really drilling down into we're only listening to the people that we respect. We don't yes. have time for, for bullshit. We don't have time for the fluff. Like we want to know what you can do for us, how you can help us, what your advice you're giving. Like we just want to get to the point. Um, and we want to hear it from someone that we, that we trust, that we respect. So that kind of trust building, that humanity Oh, it's just going to get more and more and more and more important the further we go into this. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I um, I know you were uh, part of a forum and in salty language alert. It it was <laughs> called "fuck follower count." Yep, which uh, immediately caught my eye. I thought that really captured something very important. And we where you all talked about radical truths in building a business with social media. So there've been so many programs and how to's and 10 steps to 10,000 followers kind of Mm -hmm. thing. What's a truth for you about building community with social media? Uh, At the risk of, of being shamelessly self-promoting here, love is greater (laughs) than numbers. Um, Love is greater than numbers. It's about really respecting the people who come to you for advice. It's about respecting the people that you want to serve and not fobbing them off with with the bullshit, you know? It's about really paying attention and treating them with exquisite care, whether there are four people in your community or whether there are 40,000 people in your community. Um, the ways and means obviously are different when there's four and when there's 40,000, but the, the principles remain the same. You know, you have to actually give a shit about the people who you're trying to serve. It can't Mm -hmm. be about just collecting people for the sake of having those high numbers. It's, it won't cut it anymore. 
Yeah. It's interesting that you're kind of predicting the, the fall of the, the influencer kind of thing. Is, did I hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really yeah. think so. I really think yeah. that it's when we look at what really matters, I think, uh, you know, a situation like this pandemic really puts things into perspective for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And w- the, what we value what we have been valuing and what we should be valuing has has been put under a very harsh spotlight um and yeah the collectors of of follower numbers and and the people who are uh influencing i don't think that will be as highly valued um or as highly desired as a career path yeah um you know as we go through this be interesting to see all those Instagram influencer type programs and, and approaches. It'd be interesting to see how they evolve as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, who knows, but I feel like we, we have less time for that. Now we really want to be, everybody's got to step up a bit more, I think to, to stay in the game. Mm. Well, that would be amazing. I, I know that um, part of this process of, building community and, and doing the community projects and other approaches you might use, it means that you have to make the ask. And I, I don't mean to make a sweeping statement and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's something uh, I'm kind of an ambivert. So I have introvert moments and mm-hmm. I have extrovert moments, but it's making the ask. It's something a lot of introverts have trouble doing. Yeah. So how do you work with that in yourself or in other people? with other people oh this is another big question (laughs) (laughs) i think really what it comes down to is the the desire being bigger than the fear Mm. um when you are really connected to the desire for for what you're asking for it makes the fear of asking for it less you know it it never really goes away Um, But yeah, certainly a lot of my clients, um, my introverted clients have struggled when they're asking people to to participate in their projects or um, to share their projects. And what has really helped them is 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 the very nature of the projects themselves. Like we set these projects up. So the hosts really, really care about what's being talked about. Like they mm-hmm. this is their message. They need to get it out into the world. Um, and that becomes bigger than their own personal fear of rejection or their own personal fear of people saying no, because they they believe in what they're doing. Mm. Um, and I think generally that that works a lot. You know, if your if your desire for what you want at the other side is is bigger than the fear, then you've got no problem. Like the fear is still there, but it's easier to put it to one side and move through. Um, and the more you do that, the easier it gets. Well, that's been my observation too, in both in myself and in my clients, where focus on focusing on the, the impact you want to have yeah. is a huge motivator and it helps you move through those challenging things more easily. If you keep that front and center, where are you going with this and, and what contribution do you want to make? Yeah. So yeah. Definitely. Well, you describe yourself as an artist author and blogger. And I, uh, I know that you, uh, your award-winning blog, you changed my life a year of saying thank you, ended up uh, being a book called The Gratitude Project. Yeah. 
how did that all come about? And what impact did you hope to have with all of that? Wow, gosh, you really have done your research. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that came about. That was the kind of one of the the turning points of of my life. Actually, um, I had a a, a small uh, marketing consultancy, um, and at the end of two thousand and twelve, I had a, a a very very difficult time. There were some things that happened there, and uh, it sent me into a to a deep deep depression. And at the beginning of 2013, I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be miserable, I may as well be miserable doing something that I love. <laughs> um, so I started paying attention to the things that, that brightened my day, even if it was just for a moment. And um, I, I painted a, a picture and, and wrote a thank you letter to the person who was responsible for that. Um, so, you know, if it was a song on the radio or a, a, a book that I read or, you know, it could be anything. And I ended up uh, doing it on a blog, which was never intended to be anything other than just a personal play project. Um, but it ended up getting picked up um, by some press and, and people started paying attention. And um, it actually, it, it led to, I led to the book, it led to um, me re-pivoting my career into, into being an illustrator. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I had a very, I had a very happy six years doing, doing illustration and, and creativity coaching and being an artist for money. Um, that's a rarity. It, yeah. That's kind, of, kind of the holy grail for many artists. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. It was really lovely. Um, and that's where I discovered community projects. I started doing that as part of, as part of that business. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And the, 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 the book itself has, you know, I still get messages about it today from people who've read it and it's made them kind of rethink things, which is always a treat. <laughs> Great. Well, you were a bit ahead of your time in terms of the mainstream because uh, gratitude practices are so often cited now by people as you know, part of helping you have a happy, fulfilled yeah. life. So, yeah. yeah, no one was really talking about it at the time. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, it saved yeah. my life, to be perfectly honest. Like, wow, it really made me pay attention to the things that to the things that mattered. And yeah. even in my darkest moments, there was always something to be grateful for. Mm hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, is that the biggest challenge you've had in your business? I, you know, I, I sometimes ask this question, but it's it's really meant to highlight something that you've moved through and that uh, maybe someone would benefit from hearing. Is there was there a big challenge you had to move through in your business, and how did you how did you work your way through that? Ah, oh, yeah, dealing with mental health issues has has always been a struggle. Um, I suffer from anxiety and depression. Um, as I, as I mentioned, I'm also autistic, but I wasn't mm -hmm. diagnosed until, um, I was 37. Wow. So that made a big difference. Like suddenly understanding, you know, what, who I was basically mm. being able to say, ah, okay. All of these things that have happened, all of these things that I've done, that's why. Um, and that really, that was the, the, I'd, I'd always done reasonably well in my, in my businesses, but that gave me permission to just drop 
all of the the masks and the pretense and really just show up as as who I am. Mm. Um, and that's when I started doing um, this business, and it just I just didn't edit who I was anymore. I just showed up completely who I was and, and let the chips fall where they may. Um, and, and was honest with, with my people, you know, I don't hide away from the fact that, that I have mental health stuff to deal with. Um, and I think people really respond to, yes. to that honesty. Like people find it really refreshing. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's done wonders for my business as well, you know, to be able to just show up as who I am and, and, and I attract the people who love that and I repel the people who don't. And that's exactly what, what, you know, a good business should do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I mean, I love your honesty and clarity around that. And it's, um, I, yeah, I find that quite magnetic in people where they're willing to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. and, um, that's yeah. not a not a given, you know, especially in uh, social media world where so many people are trying to put a shine on their lives and yeah, um, you know, it's understandable and it's it's lovely to come across people who are willing to tell the truth. So I I certainly appreciate that you're doing that. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Well, I always wrap up these interviews, Ellie, with a, a rapid round of three questions. Are you, are you game? I'm game. <laughs> All right. The first one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? <gasps> is that you never know, you never know how much of an impact you're having. It's not always visible. Mm, that's so true. Second question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? Oh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, internally, constantly challenging my, uh, my assumptions and the stories that I tell myself. Um, externally, committing to writing to my community every week without fail. Mm, that's great. Constantly questioning assumptions. Ooh, that's an ongoing practice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Some days it's easier than others. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last question is, what's, what's one piece of advice or an insight you'd share with somebody who's asking, I want to have impact. How do I, how do I do more of that? How do I positively affect things around me? Listen to what people want, what they're talking about, the conversations that they're having. People will tell you everything you need to know to make an impact if you just stop mm. and stop thinking about yourself and actually start listening to what people are saying. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I, I love your forthrightness and the, the authenticity with which you're doing this incredibly valuable work. I think community now for all of us is so, so important. We're all highlighting that in our day-to-day -day experiences and um and your work is uh really bringing that to the fore so thank you for um sharing that with us today oh thank you so much for having me it's been a real it's been a real pleasure if people want to get in touch with you what's the best way for them to reach you uh the best thing to do is to come over to my website which is elitriacommunities.com and sign up for my weekly sunday letters um that's where you'll get the most of me and and we can have conversations and things there um alternatively come over to instagram and find me at elitria communities 
um, and send me a message. Come say hello. Great. That's wonderful. Well, thank you again, Ellie, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. If you want to discover more about your impact, you can schedule a business impact assessment with me. That's 75 minutes of focus on your and your company's impact and how you can increase it. Just email me at Ursula at workalchemy.com to schedule your business impact assessment. It's my gift to you. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Rate and review it on Apple Podcasts if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of leaders like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.